Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular's single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. We ended last week's show with the question, do you anticipate Randy Orton returning to be Team Cody's fifth member at Survivor Series next weekend? Monday night on Raw, we got our answer, but ended up leaving with brand new questions. When it comes to professional wrestling, if you are talking about it, we are talking about it. Welcome to the Wrestle Chat Podcast with the Ant-Man. Welcome to the weekend, y'all, and episode 34 of the Wrestle Chat Podcast. I'm your host, the Ant-Man. Pulling in my pal, Michael Glavin, filled with leftover turkey and stuffing. Happy Thanksgiving, my man. How was your turkey day? It was great. I'm telling you, the, the trip to fan hangover is real. <laughs> there will be many yawns during this podcast normally i try and stifle them but since i have the excuse today i'm gonna let them rip but i'll tell you what the yawns uh are not indicative of my excitement for survivor series this weekend so i'm excited to jump in and talk about all things survivor series well speaking of tryptophan just like turkey and uh, tryptophan nap wwe survivor series is a thanksgiving weekend tradition and we're there survivor series war games is tonight on peacock and i'll be honest survivor series really hasn't been my favorite show of the year in years past it always felt like a one-off for wwe at least for me like i never really thought anything major storyline wise came from survivor series match or those those survivor series matches and since the brand split between raw and smackdown it kind of ended with you know one show or the other having the quote unquote advantage i'm not really sure what that means or bragging rights for what exactly i don't know but this year it certainly feels like something is going to come of the war games matches, especially between Team Cody and Team Judgment Day. Michael, traditionally, where has Survivor Series ranked for you in in the scheme of WWE's PLEs? You know, it's always been hit or miss. When when we first had the brand splits, it made sense. It was teams going against each other, uh, fighting for, uh, you know, essentially street cred and supremacy. Well, a couple years into the brand split, just didn't have the same importance anymore yeah. and and then you had these years where you know we're developing different teams with different stakes and 
you know, it's hit or miss. And, and while Survivor Series at large has not been my favorite uh, PLE, there have been moments that I've enjoyed it. For instance, you know, I got to be in the room at Survivor Series when Sting debuted in WWE for the very first time. You know, that year saw the authority going against a team of ragtag baby faces to try and dethrone the authority of Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, Kane, Randy Orton, all those guys. It was it was fun. Uh, but how how serious were the stakes? You know, so yeah. uh, so all that to say. Have some good things happened at Survivor Series over the years? Yes, but not always that consequential to your point. Yeah, exactly. But this this year, I mean, let's just go back to Raw. The look on Jay's face after Cody announced that Randy Orton would be returning and joining his team for the War Games match tonight, it opened a whole new book of questions. If you remember, it was it was Jay and Jimmy that attacked Randy and ended up putting him on the shelf for over a year, which I'm actually excited to see WWE even acknowledging because it's been so long. If this were, say, you know, two, three years ago, they more than likely would have just expected fans to forget that anything had ever happened between those two. But with the fact that Creative clearly made it a point to, you know, shoot a close-up of Jay's face on Monday with that reaction, listen, I'll be anxious to see how that plays out as they're now on the same team tonight on Survivor Series. Michael, do you see it as big of a deal as I do that, you know, creative went out of their way and tapped back into with how they shot Jay's reaction after Cody's announcement? Absolutely. You know, that's that's always been the big miss in years past as as WWE had to fill more and more TV time. It seems like we got sloppier and sloppier and sloppier with the opportunities that we had in our hands and and let's just let's take apart anything that's continuity of reality okay so take that out of it just the fact that you would potentially skip over a potential storyline there between Jay and Randy Orton is just ridiculous like why would you why would you not (laughs) want to do that and so uh you know bringing the the reality back into it, it just makes you feel good as a fan to be able to go, oh, wait a minute, there's more to this. How does that affect the match? How does all this, whatever? And there's so many other things surrounding it too. Like um, I I saw something on, uh, as we affectionately call it, Twix the other day, that uh, there's been so many things that have happened since Randy Orton has been in the fold last. Like Vince McMahon was in no legal trouble. Uh, WWE was still a a publicly privately owned company. Uh, You know, Triple H was not in charge of creative. Like there's, and there was like all these things that I can't even remember. So Randy Orton is stepping into a literally a brand new WWE and, and it's, it'll be cool to see what happens with him. um, Especially as you know, we could assume that while this is probably not his final push, we're getting close to the end of his career, I would imagine. Yeah, and so this so. reemergence of Randy Orton and the hype that's around it, man, I'm just super excited for everything that it brings to the table. Yeah, same. We're going to talk more about WWE Survivor Series here in just a little bit. But first, I want to get into something, honestly, kind of shocking in a way. Ronda Rousey is back in pro wrestling. And it's not with WWE. Last weekend, Ronda competed at a wrestling revolver show in California. 
And then on the following night, did a Ring of Honor taping. And she did all of this without any fanfare. There was no big announcement. There was no giant social media buzz. I know many have panned her time in WWE, and it oftentimes... I was included in that, but you know, it wasn't that long ago that the name Ronda Rousey drew a lot, a lot of cheers. It brought quite a, you know, quite a bit of clout. I mean, her nickname in UFC was the baddest woman on the planet. And it'd be, you know, it's kind of because of that, that I think that wrestling revolver brought her in. I just wonder why she, there wasn't more attention on this. And she was a part of that ring of honor or the ring of honor show. Is she now a part of AEW? Michael, if you had to throw a a couple of guesses at this, what would you say about Ronda Rousey being involved with Ring of Honor now? You know, I kind of get the vibe that she's going to kind of do the the Brock Lesnar thing for a little while, just Mm. popping in, creating some chaos going home. I I don't think we're going to see anything long term with her. Um, Yeah. She got along with everybody from what we know of behind the scenes at WWE very well. I don't think this is a relational thing as it has been for other superstars, you know, crossing brand lines. I think it's just a way for her to continue to to enjoy doing what she loves without having to be under a contract and Mm -hmm. be able to jump in, do a few things and go home. And so um, one thing I will note on top of, uh, you know, what you said, she looked good in the ring in what she was doing too. I don't know if uh, WWE had put a little bit of a throttle on uh, some of her moveset or whatever, but from the clips that I saw, she looked really smooth and really good in the ring. So props to her, but in terms of what is there for her in, in the future of wrestling, wherever, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Be anxious to see what happens. I, I just wish there was some there was some more uh, buzz and pomp and circumstance around Ronda Rousey because she is, she's legit. I know people don't necessarily love her pro wrestling uh, gimmick and, and, and maybe even her presentation, but uh, I'd like to see a little bit more around when she does these special things, make them special. You know, every week, one day before this podcast drops, four best friends get together and talk, uh, well, talk a lot of nonsense. And we love it. It's the Man Child Chronicles podcast. Michael, what was your uh, your Thanksgiving with the guys? What's that like? <laughs> well, um, you know, as as with the rest of the planet, we've all been very busy this week, and and sure. we don't we don't shy away from that. Most of our shows are are pre taped. You know, we got four guys who are professionals in their individual fields, and sure. so you know, we usually record uh, with the intention to produce and things like that. But with schedules lately we've hit this groove where it's been easier to be live. And so uh, the last couple of weeks we've been live on the internet um, with uh, our fans or lack of fans or whichever <laughs> seems to apply there. Um, but this week was really fun. We did, um, we did two truths and a lie, which is always a, a great time of trying to, to pick out the, the, the thing that's not true in the midst of a bunch of facts. And we yeah. also had a fun time, uh, playing a, a whimsical draft of supernatural creatures to pit against each other. So come join us, Man Child Chronicles podcast. The The replay of our live episode from yesterday is uh, available uh, wherever you watch or listen to podcasts. Come join us. I promise you won't miss out. Remember, if you're watching this on YouTube right now, there on our channel, you can you can actually scroll down to other channels that we love and see the Manchild Chronicles podcast. Click on that, binge away. Also, make sure you hit subscribe too. There was a time in the uh, in the '90s, uh, you know, '90s wrestling, 
mainly with the rise of the popularity of ECW, you saw bloody, bloody matches more, much more frequently than you do today. You know, if you looked at nearly any good wrestler's head from the 80s or 90s, you saw the byproduct of bloody entertainment right there on their forehead. Just take a look at like old photos of Dusty Rhodes or Bruiser Brody. It looked like that, you know, they had been in a fight with a cheese grater. Seeing blood in a match these days, you know, it's few and far between, particularly in WWE. If it's a if it's a John Moxley match on AEW, it's all but guaranteed these days. But in all the matches that I remember watching of like UWF, which is you know Mid South or World Class Championship Wrestling, a lot of blood in in, in those. A hardcore match on a on a WWE pay per view or one of Dusty's old bull rope matches. I have never, not once, ever seen someone get color and then watch their opponent position themselves under the wound to get blood dripping into their mouth. That was until last weekend in the Texas death match between Adam Page and Swerve Strickland. Just a brutal, hard hitting, and some have said maybe an over the line match. Michael, I know you didn't you didn't watch it in the moment, but I'm sure you you've seen some highlights by now. Did did you think that this went over the line for your personal taste in wrestling? Oh, it's a complicated topic. Is it fun to watch? Yeah, it's fun to watch. The the getting old adult in me turning potential boomer is like, ah, is it really necessary though? <laughs> you know, um, you know, I, in, in recent years, as I've grown attached to wrestlers and have felt the effects of father time myself, you know, I don't like seeing anybody get injured. I don't like seeing yeah. anybody have to be, you know, on the shelf. And so these matches, while yes, they're entertaining to watch. There's just a point where it's like, man, is it worth it? Um, obviously it did ratings. We're talking about it. It's all yep. over the internet. It did its job, <laughs> but is it worth it? Um, all I'll say is that, you know, we can't answer that question because that question is in the eye of the decider, but, um, you know, thanks to those guys for putting on a good show. Thanks for, you know, putting your bodies on the line. Thanks for, doing really stupid stuff with staple guns and so on and so forth. And um, kids art. <laughs> it's your art, I guess. Have fun with it. <laughs> <laughs> Stapled his son's finger painting right there on the side of his face. Listen, maybe this is a good analogy here. You decide. There's, there's just some people that that kind of match is made for, and they absolutely love it. And the same can be said for Indian food. I ain't hating on Indian food, but some people just can't handle it. And it's and it's why there are so many Chick-fil-A's. That Indian food is just made for a particular kind of person and not all people. Mm -hmm. If that match was your type of match, I hope you thoroughly enjoy it. I do have some positive news for AEW, though, uh, coming up. but uh, uh, And we'll get to that here in just a little bit. But first, there's a match here I want to bring up that I... Honestly, Michael, I'm going to need your help in getting excited for. It's on the Survivor Series PLE tonight, here in just a little bit. It is the War Games match, but it's it was only made a week ago with a story that just wasn't ready for that kind of match, in my opinion. It's the women's War Games match. It's Becky, Bianca, Charlotte, uh, Shotzi, and they're taking on Bailey, Io, K. 
Kari, Kari Zane, however you say her name, and Asuka. It feels like we kind of skipped the middle of a story and went straight from the introduction to now the payoff of this match. At least that's how it feels on the surface. My hope is we you know, see some backstabs, some cat fights, kind of what I expect, some perceived friends getting personal, something that would make me care why these eight women are in this giant cage, two rings, giant cage, has a top on it, in their fighting. Can you help me get excited for this match, Michael? No, Ant, I cannot. Okay, got it. Um, <laughs> here's, here's the thing. Um, we we are always very careful on, on this show to enjoy wrestling and not make this, you know, uh, you know, if you need to bleep this, so be it, but a big fest of, of professional wrestling. And I rarely take direct shots, but here's here's a direct shot right between the eyes of WWE. Guys, we don't have to have the same match with with the men and the women on the same show. We if we just get a women's war game match, that's fine. I'm cool with it. But we've been doing it for years with Hell in the Cell, with Elimination Chamber, with all these different matches, and it cheapens the match significantly. It cheapens it. It used to be, Hell in a Cell used to be a a method to settle the biggest scores in WWE. And now it's the name of a pay-per-view of which we get multiple of that match on the card. Elimination Chamber was created because we had so many people at the top of the card that we had to develop a match to put all of them in for the World Heavyweight Championship. Okay, now we have a pay-per-view that's titled Elimination Chamber and have multiple matches on the card. It needs to stop. And so was the men's match perfectly set up for war games today? Yes. Yes, it was. Was the women's match ready? No. And not even close. Not even close. And all I'm going to say is we've got to stop pretending like things have to be equal there. The women are getting equal time on TV. They're putting on fantastic matches. We are post women's, uh, you know, revolution. Let's start treating these matches that have stipulations with the respect they deserve by knowing when to use them and when to not stepping off my soapbox now. No, that was good. I asked you to excite, uh, get me excited. Oh, you just just affirmed my beliefs on this whole thing. You know, have, you ever, have you ever felt like, man, I, I might be the only one who thinks this, and, and maybe I just missed something, and maybe I'm just not as tuned in as I should be on the women's match? And, and you just affirmed that exactly what I was thinking was that I don't think a lot of people think that this deserves only because of the story, not because of the con- the contestants in it, but mm-hmm. the story doesn't justify this type of match because – well, there hasn't been a story. I mean, it feels like that they kind of tried to like, oh, yeah, let's hurry up and get this on before the show is over a little bit here and there. But I mean, especially from last week, it was just like, oh, yeah, that's what we're doing. We're doing a War Games match with 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 these eight women. This and, match could have been your traditional five on five or four yes. on four uh, Survivor Series match. And it would have played so much better uh, by single elimination rather yep. than uh, throwing them all in a cage and hoping for the best. Which would have been a nice throwback to the way Survivor Series even started. So uh, that could have been a a better move there. You know, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, Survivor Series has, of course, been a Thanksgiving weekend tradition for many, many years. It's, It's where we were introduced to the gobbledygooker, but it's also where we were first introduced to The Undertaker. 
It was Survivor Series 1990. In 2012, The Shield made their debut on Survivor Series. 2014, you mentioned this earlier, Sting finally appeared in WWE. There was an 86-second match showing Goldberg's dominance over Brock Lesnar. That was in 2016. But for the vault this week, we're going to go back to the very first Elimination Chamber match. That happened in 2002. Triple H, Chris Jericho, Shawn Michaels, Rob Van Dam, Kane, and Booker T. Now, in the storyline, Eric Bischoff claimed the you know, the invention of the match. He's the one that came up with it all. It was his brainchild. The reality is the Elimination Chamber idea came from Triple H. He suggested this idea, kind of taking on and combining two things, which was the original War Games match and the traditional Survivor Series eliminations and put them together in one. They did say that the cage was, was actually much smaller, and I can't imagine getting smaller than what that cage feels like right now, but originally it was a little bit smaller than what we eventually got. While you, you do have to go back to Peacock for the full Elimination Chamber match from Survivor Series in, in 2002, WWE has that locked down. Under the heading The Vault, in the description of this episode, you can actually check out some highlights from that match. You see it, you go, yeah, I think I want to watch this whole thing. Then you can jump over to uh, to Peacock and watch the whole thing. Michael, any of those mentions that I, I just brought up from Survivor Series past bring back any memories for you? I mean, you're, you're speaking right to, uh, you know, my, my early days of professional wrestling. You know, I grew up in a really conservative household. We didn't even get cable or satellite television until I was like (laughs) nine or 10 years old. And as I was scrolling through the channels right in kind of this era of that 2009, 2010 kind of area, um, I came across Monday Night Raw, fell in love with Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, Triple H, all these guys. And a lot of these matches hold very, very special place uh, in my heart. Uh, back when um, downloading things on the internet was fresh with you know, stuff like LimeWire and Kazaa. And for, for those of us that uh, remember those things, I was downloading, you know, the Elimination Chamber match because yeah. no way I was going to talk my parents into spending $70 on a pay-per-view for a show they didn't want me <laughs> watching in the first place. Sure. And so, uh, and so, oh man. And then, like I said earlier, I was in the room when Sting came to WWE and uh, so many great things uh, have happened at uh, you know Survivor Series over time, but fantastic pick uh, for the vault this week. I'm gonna, even though I've seen it a million times, I'm gonna go back and watch it myself just because I know it's gonna give yeah. me all the feels. I know I, I mentioned uh, that the you know the blood drinking spot in the Texas Death Match from Full Gear last weekend was something for a very small fraction of wrestling fans. I do want to bring up something I'm really impressed by with AEW and something I think many wrestling fans will get behind. Like, I think a lot of people can understand this. It's the AEW's Continental Classic. For diehard fans, it's much like uh, New Japan's G1 tournament. Yet for those not familiar with that, it's a classic round robin tournament. And anybody who's done anything in sports has, has, you know, seen or been a part of a round robin tournament where if you win, you, you know, at least with this uh, tournament, you get three points. If you lose, you get zero points. And then there's other factors that give you one and two points. You wrestle everyone in your league and, and AEW has it split up with a gold and blue league. At the end, the one with the most points from the gold league 
faces the one with the most points from the Blue League, and that person ends up becoming a Triple Crown champion. A few things here. You don't have uh, you know, like quick or no-point storytelling because you have to, you already know the end and you work backwards. You plan the end and, and work back towards the start of this tournament, making everything for the most part makes sense. Booking can, uh, you can't change their mind at the last minute. Once this thing has started, it pretty much has to go as planned to the, uh, to the very end. I'm sure there are some, uh, you know, some contention put in place for injuries that might occur, but for the most part, it's pretty cut and dry. It's really easy to understand, even for those family members that are not wrestling fans. <laughs> the introduction of the Continental Classic and the fact that storytelling has been happening right now. Everything that has been happening in AEW, um, it is made for me. AEW Dynamite this past Wednesday. I don't know if you caught it or not. I'll be honest. I have now, I've now marked it as the best Dynamite to date for AEW. So much so. I had to text Michael about it. Michael, uh, thoughts on the Continental Classic and overall adjustment that AEW has made to their product and uh, and really kind of their production more recently. Any opinions on that? You know, really, it's the long game. I think I think anybody on the planet could write one good show or yeah. one good event. Um, really what it is, it's it's the ability to sustain that. Um, I think that AEW has always done a great job of looking at what we're used to in the WWE um, and really more what we're not used to and capitalizing on things of this classic nature or just more um, competition in general focused, mm -hmm. you know, things. And so huge props to them for the Continental Classic because it's, it's going to be something fun to watch that for once doesn't have to be story driven. And it's interesting the the dichotomy that we're talking about here because, hey, this was the best show that they've ever done, yeah. but a chunk of that doesn't have to do with storytelling at all because it's the Continental Classic. Right. And so, and so they're, they're firing on all cylinders right now. And, and my advice to them is don't get too excited. Tony, don't be too big of a fan, <laughs> you know, book the shows well and and let's yeah. let's keep having awesome shows man it's good for the business it's good for competition it's just good for everything something else i wanted to make you aware of with aew and that's a job opening if you're looking to get into the wrestling business this you know this very well could be it would you care to be the vp of people and culture <laughs> that is a real job posted on the career page of aew's website uh you serve as key member of the leadership team on organizational goals and direction. You lead talent management. Well, that's a big job. Executive coaching, training, leadership development, success planning, and change management. Uh, you recruit top talent for a wide variety of departments and positions with a focus on high performing atmosphere. A couple of requirements are included here. Eight to 10 years of executive level experience in an HR, culture, or diversity specific role. A degree in human resources field. Michael, any interest in herding cats at AEW? <laughs> That's what they should have called it. The VP of herding cats. The VP of herding cats. You know, if uh, for somebody out there, it's a dream job. Wait, yeah. I went to school for human resources, the most boring, <laughs> you know, job that, you know, one of the most boring jobs you could ever think. But wait, I love professional wrestling. Yep. I was born for this moment, you know. Yep. And so 
for somebody out there, it's going to be a great job. I would love to do it, to be perfectly honest with you. I mean, what better way than to bring business and passion together uh, than to uh, herd cats for AEW? But um, we, we've helped do our job, which is to put the word out. So hopefully they find <laughs> the right person and uh, get that slot filled. Well, just a heads up, the Michael Scott of AEW will hate you. <laughs> All right, it's time for the Wrestle Chat Podcast question of the week. WWE is doing more and more shows, especially their PLEs, all overseas. Elimination Chamber. It's going to be in Perth, Australia. Backlash. It's going to France. There is a, a new one in August that's called Bash at Berlin. Crown Jewel, always over in Saudi. Our question this week, if you got to the place, if we got to the place where there was only one WWE premium live event here in the United States here in the United States which one would it have to be for you see that question on our Instagram at wrestle chat podcast and drop a comment with your answer there we'll kick off next weekend's show with your take and give you ours as well it's at wrestle chat podcast on Instagram Michael there any leftover uh, leftover plates calling your name right now? Oh, absolutely. There's. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna get my next dose of tryptophan here shortly uh, before I settle in for the festivities this yeah. evening. So and another nap. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> that'll do it for us this week. For Michael Glavin, I'm the Ant Man, and we'll see you next weekend here on the Wrestle Chat Podcast. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 